Hello and welcome back to the Craft Beer Talk Show. I'm your host, Matt Sounch. This is episode 11. If it's your first time, welcome. Uh, if you've been here before, welcome back. Uh, I've been away for a little while. Took some time off, you know, to vacation, sort of. Can't uh, really do much uh, with COVID going on and all the restrictions, but places are, are slowly opening back up here in Ontario. And I was able to go to a few places around the province, do a little exploring, uh, so to speak. You can't really do anything crazy, you know, amusement parks and, and like water parks and all those larger um, communal areas are, are still closed. But uh, restaurants and patios, uh, especially breweries, are all opening back up. And I was able to take a look around at some of the uh, little towns I went to. So if you're not from the uh, Ontario uh, or even near any of these places, you might not know what I'm talking about. But uh, I'll just kind of go briefly through it. Uh, first, we stopped off in Orangeville. These are all little towns with kind of a lot of history behind them. Uh, Orangeville is home to Black Wolf Brewing. So I had a nice lager uh, from them. And in my time off, it was beautiful weather. So I was able to sit out on the patio, enjoy... Uh, you know, beer after beer, trying to get my hands on the next big things I could talk about on the Craft Beer Talk Show. Then we uh, went to Port Hope, um, and that's a beautiful town. If you know where that is or ever heard of it, go. Uh, it's kind of, it's just past Oshawa, um, just before Kingston, a couple hours away. But honestly, it's such a small, little, quiet town. There's a beautiful bookstore, bought a couple books. But one thing that I think is uh pretty impressive is these antique stores i don't know about you guys but i i just love an antique store um the things they have in there that date back to you know the early 19th century and how they get their hands on these things you know these are probably things that have been passed down maybe through generations and then someone eventually sold it or maybe things that people uh, thought they were going to throw out and didn't realize that you know potentially they're worth something potentially someone else might find value and i think that's something that i'm going to try and maybe take up it's expensive an expensive hobby for sure um, but some of these things that I saw, these portraits, a little bit creepy. I'm not going to uh, lie about that. There was a photo or a, a portrait, a painting of this young lady. And it's it's just one of those photos where everywhere you go, the eyes are always following you. So I don't know if uh, my girlfriend would be happy about that purchase. But one of these days, I'm definitely going to, to invest in some of that, uh, that stuff. I, one thing uh, I should mention is actually... There were these early 20th century, um, maybe late 19th century beer bottles and liquor bottles in store. And it was actually kind of mind-blowing, you know, to think all of the things we have in terms of the brewing process and, and consuming beer. You think, wow, you know, this is so revolutionary. This is awesome. But this has been practiced for years and years and years. And, and that was really cool to me. And that's another reason why I love craft beer, right? It's it sticks to its roots. It's it's what it used to be. And I, I think for today's beer, where we're going to uh, kind of dive in back in time to to that kind of uh, that period. Um, this is episode eleven, like I mentioned. Um, it's a pretty big episode. There's a lot to catch up on. 
Um, not to cut my vacation talk short, but uh, you know, I'm trying to do all the housekeeping things. It's been weeks since I've recorded and posted an episode. So hopefully people, you know, weren't uh, desperate to hear my voice or uh, hopefully they, they stumbled across some other great craft uh, beer podcasts out there. I know there's a bunch of them. I see them popping up on Instagram. But uh, that was more or less what I did with my time off. Um, kind of explore, try to get out, try to see more of the province, it feels, if we're so lucky to live, uh, especially in Canada, in such a great um, country that you know we're so eager to, to go down south or uh, go to the islands or even explore Europe that we, we forget to, to look at our own country uh, and the beauty it has. Canada, if you look at every province, it's it's got something different. It's got something for everybody. And I'm just trying to explore more of my, my own province, Ontario, and see what it has to offer. But uh, that was pretty great. Also went to a cottage on an island, did a little bit of fishing. Um, I did not uh, stumble upon too many craft breweries. It's in the town of Levine. Um, it's sort of near North Bay. I think just about 45 minutes outside of North Bay. I didn't really venture in there to, to see the breweries. Uh, I was with a bunch of friends and and uh, we were now kind of stuck for time, but I did crush a lot of steam whistles, as you could imagine. So that was uh, that was a good time. Um, also, recently, it was my birthday. Uh, you may have seen uh, on Instagram, I had these custom cookies made for me, uh, craft beer talk show cookies, uh, which were amazingly done. Uh, I haven't actually eaten any of them. Well, not the craft beer talk show ones because I'm afraid to ruin them. Uh, they're, they're so beautifully done. I post the cookies. I'll post them again because there was also little beer steins. And uh, I want you guys to be able to see it. Um, it this, this woman does amazing, amazing work. Uh, I've gone to her for cookies in the past for my girlfriend, for my mom, whoever. Um, and my girlfriend, I guess, contacts her and surprised me with them. They're, they're just wonderful. So if you want to follow her on Instagram, that's uh, Stony Brook Trail. Uh, again, this is obviously based out of uh, Ontario, Canada. I don't know how far. I don't. Th- I don't think she delivers. So I think you kind of have to pick them up. So, if you're really not in the GTA, uh, you're kind of out of luck on this one. Um, but also, I should shout out uh, the designer of this logo of the Craft Beer Talk Show logo. I've had it since um, the the first day. So, if you want to take a look at that, it's a friend of mine, Tessa. Uh, her account is send dudes um that's uh her instagram i will when i post the the picture of the cookies uh tag both of them so you guys can easily follow the accounts um but yeah episode 11 this is this is pretty big i'm trying to get through kind of the stuff about me because we have a lot to talk about um i think i posted kind of a a breakdown of what we're going to talk about there was things that uh, I did just before I went on on vacation that I didn't really get to have ties with. I wish I could have got the content out sooner, but uh, I'm back full force, so uh, I'm ready to you know give my all and be nonstop. I have a lot of amazing new ideas uh, for the show. Uh, I have a lot of interviews lined up uh, with other um, you know breweries and and people of the the craft beer scene. So that'll be really exciting. That's going to be kind of a little new component to the show. You won't always have to hear my voice. I know I've had some guests on the past, but um, mostly just me. 
Uh, also, over the break, I was able to finally try, now this is exciting, my homebrew that I made. I don't think I posted, or I did post a picture again in kind of the lead up to this episode. Uh, I think it was a picture of my brew kettle, and I had the little thermometer in there. Um, I finally was ready to taste it for the first time. I made the switch recently from malt extract brewing to all grain brewing. So basically, it just means more equipment, a, a longer process, basically exactly how a brewery would do it, but on a much smaller scale. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar. We will do an episode actually on the breakdown of how beer is made. I think that's um, maybe a lot of things that are that's overlooked. People love beer, but they don't actually know the work, uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Not in your beer, of course, because it's a super sanitary practice. Um, that goes into to making these beers and when you're tasting them, you know, and the, and the names, there's so much story um, and, and you know, kind of back lessons in a way about each beer. And I think that always gets overlooked uh, with a craft beer, especially when you get it from a restaurant, right? Because sometimes they give you the can, but sometimes they pour it for you and bring it out. And there's a lot on that content, uh, on that can, because it's a whole marketing um you know, scheme for the breweries themselves, right? You have an attractive can, uh, you're more likely to get picked, especially if you're not well known in the industry. You need something to pop out. That's exactly how the cereal boxes do it. So um, I was finally able to test my uh, blood, sweat, and tears. And I also, before I, you know, made that switch, I also decided that I was going to take a huge bite of confidence and make my own recipe from scratch. Now, there are tons of recipes available online. Uh, you can literally just, just Google it. There's tons of websites, tons of community websites where people post their own recipes and you kind of try other people's recipes from around the world. Um, but I decided I'm going to make mine own from scratch. I'm going to pick my own hops. I'm going to pick my own malt and grain, um, pick the yeast, uh, pick the times for the additives and all that stuff without trying to jump into it uh, too much into detail. Basically, what I attempted to do, and that word attempted is kind of foreshadowing the end result, I guess. I wanted to make um, an amberish brown ale. And I wanted to make something that wasn't too hoppy. Um, I also don't really have the capacity to lager. So I wanted to do something, an ale that I could ferment at the temperatures I knew I could control. Um, so I tried to make this this brown ale. Originally intended it to be amber, but I think I overlooked uh, the SRM scale. And it actually was a lot more brown than red. I had um, a bunch of two-row pale ale malt, uh, some Vienna malt, and then I had some crystal malt in there um what else and then the, for the hops i only did saws and i did oh fuggle and i only did that because or sorry i did little amounts of hops because my dad doesn't i think i mentioned on the show before he doesn't care for too much hops and we were kind of sharing the batch um so i wanted to make something that he would like and i even got custom labels and everything for um for the bottles and I'll, I'll post that as well um maybe over the weekend 
and they, they ended up being amazing, the labels. But the beer, um, not so great. So uh, the beer ended up pretty sweet, like really sweet. Um, and then it also kind of has like no head retention, very little head retention. And when I was troubleshooting this, because this was something from the homebrewing I've done in the past, everything's kind of worked out. This is really the first batch where something went wrong. Um, and I, I kind of did the troubleshooting. One of them said with no head retention, a lot of the times that's due to uh, improper sanitation process, but I don't think that's it. I'm very careful, but uh, a lot of the things I saw was I, I didn't let the, um, uh, beer sit long enough. Uh, that actually also has to do with the sweetness of the beer, uh, perhaps, all of the sugars didn't get eaten up by the yeast, but I also thought it was crazy because my final gravity um, was way off, and it made a lot stronger beer than I intended to. So there was that. Um, you know, I might have messed up the the carbonation. That could be something for head retention. I'm not too sure the type of yeast. Maybe I didn't uh, examine the type of yeast properly. Um, who knows uh, if you have any tips for me going forward maybe maybe what I'll have to do is uh, I don't know Instagram live wouldn't be long enough but I'll have to record what I'll do is I'll next batch I make I'm gonna record me making it and you can see my setup it's pretty ghetto uh, I use a lot of stuff from my my beginner starter kick still but you know I do the full three-step all grain brewing um, I'll do a video kind of like a time lapse and you guys can see maybe there is something uh, in my technique that I'm doing wrong and you guys can critique me I'd love that or you know call to any other home brewers out there if you have any tips and tricks um, you know shout at me let me know because I'm always looking to get better who knows one day there'll be a, a craft beer talk show brewery one day that would be pretty interesting but uh, I won't bore you too much with what I've done um, you know, just before I took the break, I had the opportunity to sit down and, and chat with Michael Nazareth. He's the owner and founder of Dragon Brewing and Wine. Um, I tried their Garnet uh, Citra Azica Pale Ale, and it was amazing. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I, I rated it really high. And he was so nice to drop off some of their Pilsner to me, which I didn't know they had. Because uh, obviously I would have got it. I'm a Pilsner guy. And shortly after that, we, we chatted about his brewery, uh, inspiration behind it, and uh, what's next for them. So without further ado, here is the interview with Michael Nazareth. This interview is sponsored by Beer Throne Clothing Company. If you like beer and you wear clothes, check out Beer Throne. They've got everything for men from women from shirts to sweaters to hoodies to flip-flops. They also have stuff for newborns and a bunch of their accessories uh, and glassware. Go to beerthrone.com, B-E-E-R-T-H-R-O-N-E.com to see more. And at the checkout, make sure you enter Craft Beer Talk Show 15 to take 15% off your purchase. You won't regret it. The clothes, they're, they're one of a kind. If you love beer, um, you're going to love all of their designs. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Again, beerthrone.com. 
and Craft Beer Talk Show 15. Take 15% off your goods. So joining me today on a very special episode of the Craft Beer Talk Show is Michael Nazareth, uh, CEO, founder, uh, president of Dragon <coughs> Brewing and Wine Company, uh, as well as uh, 15 years yeah. in the wine and beer industry, uh, as well as restaurant and hotel, I believe. That's uh, on your profile on- online. I think that's what it said. Yeah, yeah. No, I've uh, prior to doing this uh, this project, um, I uh, launched a lot of uh, wineries and breweries and hotels uh, here in Canada and, and around the mm-hmm. world. So um, I've done a few down here uh, that are local, popular ones. Yeah. Um, so like uh, Southbrook, uh, I did Burning Kiln down in Simcoe, did a couple up in uh, Chile and um, down in California, and then did some work in uh, Miami and so on restaurants but uh yeah awesome yeah so just before we dive into the the beer and and wine i just wanted to thank you for dropping off um some of the pilsners for the listeners that don't know i did an episode on the garnet which is the citrica uh, citra asca pale ale uh, and you were kind enough to drop off some of the pilsners which i i enjoyed just as much uh, as the pale ale so thank you for that Yeah, it was my pleasure with that fresh on your uh, palate. I figured you might as well get uh, some in your hands, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, so let's dive in firstly to the the story of kind of how the whole brewery started, um, the whole background, the vision and everything. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I mentioned I, I used to consult and do different projects and um, uh, my wife's actually a pretty popular winemaker down here in, uh, in Canada, in, in uh, Niagara. Uh, so, uh, we, I used to travel a lot, so she ended up, uh, wanting, uh, to start a family. We start, started discussing mm-hmm. talking about a family. Um, so I decided to move down here and, uh, take a few more local projects. So, uh, ended up, uh, uh, designing the Mike Queer, uh, winery, okay. uh, and, uh, we had our son Dragon, uh, who the brand's named after and, uh. And then, uh, yeah, we helped out a buddy's brewery, um, and then uh, it was time to do some more projects, but I didn't want to leave uh, leave uh, the local area and, and leave my son for a good amount of time. So I mm-hmm. um, decided to, to do something on my own. I always wanted to do my own winery, and uh, seeing the way craft beer was going, I've always been a lover of beer and craft beer as well. And uh, my son, Dragon, who's now five years old, um, I think you thought he was a little bit older, but uh, he's five now. Um, when he was smaller, he's, you know, with the name Dragon, um, sometimes dads just like to read and, and kids get calm by hearing dad's voices and stuff like that. Yep. So I think he was like three, three or four months old. And uh, I was just changing diaper and I'm sitting with him and I'm reading him a story, calming him down. Or I was making up a story actually about dragons. And then as I was started talking about it I was like you know there's a black dragon and a red dragon and a black dragon lived in the in the inlands and the red dragon lived in the coastal line and I'm like hmm you know what that would be a really cool brand and you know maybe the red dragon's like an ale of some sort and the black dragon's a stout and and next you know I just grab my I always have a pad with me so I just started jotting down notes and like four hours later the kids asleep in my arms still and and I'm just like Jotting down notes, so that's kind of the birth of Dragon, and um, and from that I put in, you know, uh, I brought in two of my my friends, uh, Sam um, 
Sam Estradillo, who is our VP of marketing, who's responsible for all the art on the, on the can uh, and our logo. Like, believe it or not, all these, these drawings are, are actually done hand drawn by uh, Sam. Uh, a lot of detail, a lot of time, and uh, even our videos and everything else. And then I uh, pulled together Cody Linthicum, who's the guy behind the beer. He's the, he's the reason for all the liquid. Uh, he's, so he's our VP of operations. We, um, we start out and we just started throwing ideas out and pulling the brand together, different variations, what the cans would look like, um, what our sales channels were going to be. And, and uh, yeah, so it, it started out by uh, a virtual brand. Uh, we're still contract brewing out of uh, Lake of Bays right now. Okay. Uh, we have a site in St. Catharines. Uh, that's going to be our, our, operation like a production brewery um but then we got to the bigger plans uh in terms of like the winery side and in a in about two to three years will probably be our, our yeah. wine so so we've got a we've got a building that's i mean with covid and everything else it kind of slowed down our whole construction we were hoping to be ready now but uh we're we've got our drawings ready to go and uh we're just waiting on permits right now so likely we're probably gonna be launching the brewery probably in fall or winter um, i'm i'm trying to push to have something up and running by september um we will have a little place to to mm -hmm. drink and eat and stuff like that um but yeah and then and then probably have a wine out in december if everything goes well yeah that's a, that's amazing like the first thing when i was doing the episode in and kind of researching the the story was the name yeah. and how it was named after your son and i thought that was really cool just because uh, on my show i like to promote the whole craft industry and and to switch over kind of from a lot of these mainstream brands and and to give these smaller businesses a shot because you'd be surprised yeah. how good of beer they make and and having a story like that i don't know to me it, that's the kicker you know it's yeah. just like it's more relatable uh, I'm sure there's lots of fathers or, or mothers who have children the same age as yours, uh, who are yeah. reading stories. And, and the way that the idea came to you is, is, uh, is pretty neat and interesting. So I, I definitely like that. Um, now, yeah, no, it's, the, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go, no, no, go, go ahead. That, that, that is, uh, the case in, in that sense. So thank you. Uh, so moving on to the beers themselves, uh, I was going to ask you about the artwork because to me that I was blown away by that. I, I thought they're very super impressive, but you you've already answered that, and and so hats off to Sam because that's uh, that's definitely yeah. a hard task. You know, looking at them, they're very complicated, but they catch the eye, and uh, yeah, that's I mean, how I, I mean, kind of got it. We we um, first our first beer, which was Garnet was a uh, was a pale ale that i mean obviously but uh we wanted to come out with something that everybody would like something that's crushable on the patio and it's yeah. it's actually showing that right now i mean people are drinking it on patios right now yeah. um but like it, you know when you did our initial design on on cans and we'll have this when we open up the brewery in terms of our history we'll have the book of dragons which will be uh our, our history book there uh but we have these designs that are colorful and we saw that everybody else's cans were you know or a lot of people's cans were more colorful so mm -hmm. we really put a lot of thought into how it would be popping off shelves and how it would get people's attention and what we needed and you know collective arts great you know yeah uh, i know i know bob russell really well and uh he um you know he's, he's done some great things and him and his team 
and we want to do something different, but also in our own way. Um, so we ended up coming with uh, whites. The, the format of the can in terms of the design was actually Cody's idea, but the artwork and everything else is Sam's. And um, the, the name Garnet, um, so everything kind of lies in with Dragon and the brand. But Garnet is actually the birthstone of January. Um, so my son is actually born January 5th. Oh, okay. When we, uh, when we came out with the spear, we did the, the pilot batch of the spear. I was in Spain that winter, uh, and I came back, and the boys and I uh, went to go pick it up and taste it. And Cody and Sam were actually there for the brewing. And uh, ironically, I looked at the, the date, and it was like, I just got back from Spain, and it was like, I think it was like January 7th. So mm -hmm. it was cool. So both the, the it's a special beer, uh, both my dragon and the dragon Garnet um, was, uh, the Garnet was, um, was birthed in January. And so we thought a better name than to give it the Garnet, right? And, um, and then the Piva um, yeah, is actually a lot of, uh, so my wife is uh, Croatian, I'm Spanish, uh, but paying a little homage to the Eastern European side, Piva translates to beer. So Piva, yep. Pivo, so, uh, and we did a real Czech style Pilsner. So this is something that's been, uh, it's totally opposite of the Garnet in terms of the, the hazy pale ale. And uh, rather than um, lager it for 30 days, we actually lager it for 60 days. So it's super dry. Super crisp. Yeah, yeah, I and loved it. I, I thought like the one interesting thing about the beer itself was, you know, in a lot of um, Pilsners, you maybe don't see those fruity, the fruitier tastes. You know, they're a lot crisper, um, dry, like you said, like yours is. So it was really refreshing um, to have that, that look on the style. Uh, so I really appreciated that. And Pilsner is my favorite style. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I was definitely cool, definitely in love with it. So, um, I picked my beer up at Fortino's here in Oakville. Uh, so where could people yeah. get your beers? Um, I know I've seen obviously on your Instagram, like a lot of grocery stores, but just generalize where people can pick it up to let them know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so right now we're in 123 uh, Loblaws and affiliate stores. So that's uh, Loblaws, um, Fortino's, there's uh, your independent grocers. Uh, it's all across Ontario. Um, and we're going to be in the LCBO probably early, late fall, early winter on the Garnet. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, we, we wanted to go the route. A lot of people ask us why we, we aren't in the LCBO. I mean, we also be a great organization, um, but we, with, with the ability to go into grocery stores, we have, the, we have more of an ability to, to market ourselves and do a little more um, kind of FaceTime and engaging our customers. And, and that's what we really like to do. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of companies say that they're, they're um, community focused and that's great. And, and we really are that because this, this brand is, is a legacy brand against my son. So yeah. Um, what we do is we really want to get out in the community. So um, I don't know how much you heard about it or seen our videos, but 3% uh, of everything that we make, like now it's just the beer, but once we have our site, it'll be hospitality. And when we have the winery, that too. And hopefully we'll do some accommodations in the future. But 3% of everything that we do gets um, donated to Food for Kids. Uh, like, well, I guess 
donated right now to uh, every community. So uh, when we started out, we started from Niagara to Hamilton. So Food for Kids is a charity that um, donates, essentially they put foods, food in kids' bags uh, that are in need. Yep. So they have to awesome. eat over the weekend, right? So we do that in every community. So we basically look at the sales in each of our areas. So like Niagara will, uh, will have food for kids. Hamilton will have food for kids. And we look for another um, children's charity that we support uh, in like GTA and Ottawa and so on and so on. Because we want people that are buying our beer to know that money's actually coming right back into their communities and helping them out. And, you know, given right now it's, you know, a few hundred dollars, but as we grow, hopefully it'll be a few thousand and more than that. Yep. So, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, and that's great. That's another thing, um, you know, what the craft industry is, is the connection to the community and to kind of the specific area that uh, the beer is made. Uh, so the Niagara region, uh, which is basically where your brewery would be. I think you mentioned St. Catharines. Um, is that just because it was more accessible to you or was that specifically uh, picked for a reason? Uh, sorry, say that again. Uh, so was the St. Catharines re uh, region that your brewery will be once it opens uh, picked for any particular reason? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's more closer to home. I mean, there's we're looking at really developing um, Niagara as a whole. I mean, there's a lot of great things happening in every every region, essentially. But um, I think we need that in Niagara. Um, and there's some cool things that we plan on doing and we'll unveil. I don't, you know, obviously show our cards. But um, yep. it's about bringing more industry in. And I think Niagara is very hospitality focused. We have a lot of cool wineries cool distilleries, great breweries as a lot of in Ontario and all over, all over North America, essentially. But, you know, I think looking at the bigger picture in terms of our community, what it takes to go and support that. I mean, we want to bring in more industry. We want to track that from technology to business. And, um, you know, one of the things that we want to do is also work with, um, work with, work with the city and, and other businesses to bring that in and attract that, you know, yep. like everything from like software design companies to, to factories to whatever else, because that's what really builds the economy and, and really promote the fact that, um, you know, buy local, like it's, it's more than just yep. like buying local beet wine and craft beer. It's also, you know, if you're going to buy your masks, I mean, perfect example from COVID is <laughs> we oh, learned yeah. that if we made our own masks and gloves, we would be fine. Right. So Industry is really important to us. And yes, we may spend a little more, but if we're supporting local Canadian business, then it all comes around and, and you know, we're all, we're all growing together. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Because the one thing that I've noticed um, in that Niagara region, especially, you know, when you, you head more towards Niagara and the lake, obviously they're saturated with wineries, of course. Um, but the breweries, I feel, always don't get a fair shake. Uh, you don't see them as much. They're a little bit more spread out. So every time I come across a new brewery in that region, I get excited because, you know, I, I often go there to, to visit the wineries, this and that, but, you know, I don't really see too yeah. much uh, of the breweries, you know, other than Wayne Gretzky or uh, Oast House is out that way. So uh, it's very exciting for me, especially when you guys open up uh, to be able to explore more of that, that region. Um, you know, cause over here in the GTA, it's whew, every corner, I swear there's uh a new craft brewery opening up, but it's nice to see all, yeah. all over Ontario, 
right? So that's, uh, that's really great. Um, so the next thing I'll ask is actually shifting towards the wine. Um, you mentioned that yeah. the wine was maybe two or three years out. Now, did the wine come first or was it the beer that was kind of the idea and then the wine came well, later? Uh, well, my vision was, was wine, but the, the challenge that we have is, you know, in the Canadian industry is that not a lot of people, uh, they're a little more picky when it comes to wine, right? Yep. Uh, people want to know a story and, um, and, and let's be real. I mean, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, you've got to support local wines, but that's different. And, you know, coming from Spain, you know, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Spain, Spanish by Spanish wine and, and Italians by Italian wines. But I mean, Canada, it's really hard to because we're a melting pot of people, right? I mean, cultures. So we come in and we want to try yeah. our, we'd like to have a bo- glass of a bottle of wine from like Spain or Italy or Croatia, wherever we're from. And um, so we love to do that. So supporting local is also part of what we do. But, uh, you know, the challenge with it was, was, you know, everybody has a winery. Like you said, it's saturated and the market's saturated. So we got to really build a brand. So wine is definitely something we want to get into just because it's my background and, and mm-hmm. my sort of heritage. And, yep. um, but we're not going to go crazy. We're not going to compete with way too many portfolios. We're probably going to have like one whites and one red and do a, a cool little sparkling, you know, a style like a real yep. Cava style thing, but it's just, it's more fun and people coming over. We want them to drink it uh, at our, at our location. If we have any restaurants or anything that we do, I mean, we're going to carry our products, but we'll definitely support other, other breweries and, and wineries and bring in some cool wines and beers from there as well. So um, to answer your question, I mean, uh, yeah, and probably in like two to three years, we'll probably have an actual winery site. Uh, it takes about four years to, to plant, to vine, and get mm-hmm. to maturity. And right now there's some, some issues I'm getting the, you know, vines and disease and all that stuff too. Yeah. Oh, yeah so they're cool wineries here. Uh, we're probably going to do a virtual wine brand and partner up with uh, one of the many wineries down here and, and work out a deal where we can um, get a certain block of fruit. That's how we'll essentially start out. Um, and, and really location is specific. I mean, I really want to take some time. I come from a real operation standpoint and, and marketing. And, you know, as we all know, especially on the wine side, every time a cool new movie comes out with a famous actor drinking a new style of wine yeah. and the masses follow that. I mean, side with Pinot Noir and, you know, it, it's kind of how it goes. So, it's just the idea of how we stay, how we stay uh, flexible and, and able to, to meet the demands of the market. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's exciting. You know, that's, but uh, I, I think the bottles would be, be really cool. Like we've got some really cool non-conventional bottle styles for the, for the dragon beer. It, it fits our brand where, I mean, everybody sort of says that they're the rebels on it all and, and that's yep. cool. But um, on the wine side, yeah, it'll be really unconventional. I'll, I'll be challenging the, uh, the masses on the normal on yeah the bottle style oh and that's yeah. cool and, 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 really, and that's that's the stuff that i like right like you know yeah. i like trying things that are out there um you know things that are, are pushing the limits a little bit um so actually yeah. on that note what yeah. was the decision uh for pale ale and pilsner um because you mentioned before kind of the red dragon the black dragon and and actually talking about a stout now you didn't go the stout route so why those two styles? Well, you know, and, and I'll be, I'll be very honest. I mean, I'm a branding guy, marketing and, and operations. I look to 
one of the things I wanted to start with this business was that, you know, we want to put the right people in place. We want to create careers for people. Um, we want to we want people to enjoy what they're doing. And uh, Cody is definitely the expert on that. Um, I basically look at the numbers and I look at, you know, what people are drinking or where are the holes in, in, in our LCBO and grocery stores. I mean, we saw that Pilsner was one of them. Finding a really good Pilsner is really hard right now. Um, but, you know, everybody was talking at the time about IPAs and, and that was cool, but we wanted, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of people that love the IPAs, but there are also a lot of people that don't. And we just wanted to come yeah. up with something on our first brand that the masses would like. And we didn't design, honestly, with, if you look at the, the branding, we didn't design the branding, um, you know, whether it be to like for, for, for ladies, for females to like it or for males to like it. We just mm -hmm. did some really cool brand that we thought was cool. Um, and as a result, uh, guys like it. <laughs> Yeah. And, and women like you, right? Um, we looked at how we could, you know, get people to try our beer. We even made cocktails. I don't know if you've seen our, our YouTube Yeah, channel. yes, I, I did but see, actually, yep. Yeah, so the Garnet makes a really cool Negroni. And uh, uh, me and Buddy were, like, just trying to figure out mixed drinks and uh, one night and, and trying to figure out a cocktail. And he's like, well, you drink Negronis all the time because I do. And okay. we just ended up popping it up, and we gave it the name Dragoni. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's it. And, and we got we got some really cool like influencers and stuff out there that loved the packaging and and ended up doing some cocktails as well with it. So the product's fun. Like essentially, yeah. what we're trying to do is we're just trying to do something that's fun. Um, yes, we all have to make money. We all have to pay bills. That's definitely really important because I got to feed my kid, and so the rest yep. of our our, of our people, right? But um, but we're just trying to stay true to to what we are. Um, you know, will we make mistakes along the road? Probably. Um, but, uh, but, you know, honesty, honesty is, is what we are and, um, and just really fun things. So everything from branding to liquid to, to what we can do in our community and the impact that we can make, or whether it be small, it's still, it's still a small little ripple in, in, uh, in the ocean, right? So. Yeah. So the one thing I, I like that you said there, when you talked about the IPAs, um, I find yeah. that people who, aren't knowledgeable in the craft industry always just assume you're going to get uh, a really hoppy beer uh, or you're going to get uh, a very thick stout and, they, and then they just associate those styles of beers with the entire industry and then they don't take part uh, yeah. and so I, I like that you mentioned that and went with styles that um, are easy drinking for a lot of people because that's a lot of what the craft beer is it's not necessarily about making the most funkiest beer you can it's about making um you know something local uh maybe on a smaller format uh it's i find it's fresher most of the time so i i definitely like uh with your whole branding and and the imagery of your company promotes that really big so for me i'll be a, a large advocate uh for your brand and and for your beer because it, it speaks Thanks. to a lot of the values that i have for craft uh, beer yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's, uh, there's some cool things that we're doing and, and, you know, with, with my background in, in wine, um, my parents, uh, you know, grew up or growing up, I, my parents had a, had a couple of uh, vineyards and mm -hmm. grew up in the winery sort of thing. So I was kind of like that guy that ran in the vineyards and saw everything. <laughs> and with Cody's background, you know, in, in beer, it's really cool as well. There's a, there's a really cool, we will have a brewer as well. That's going to join our team. And, um, uh, you know, 
I, I, we haven't got them yet, so uh, we'll make a cool announcement like we like we do with the Dragon sure. Brand. Yeah. Um, but uh, Cody and I are also going to be putting our heads together. So just using some techniques that go into wine to infuse that into beer. So we've got some really cool, unique things up our sleeves as soon as we can get into our own space and do more. So there'll be a lot of beers uh, coming out and a lot of other products uh, coming out from us uh, in the near future, uh, in the next couple of months. We've got them all planned out and it's just a matter of time. So, yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, that's, that's pretty much everything that, uh, you know, I had written down, uh, wanting to ask you, is there anything else that you want to add, um, to let people know, uh, what's up and coming or anything on the top of your mind? I mean, you, I think you covered pretty much everything that, uh, people, I think everybody wants to know where we are. Right. I mean, I think, yep. I think the OCB, when they first put us out, they, I don't even know how the, the the messaging got out there, but we got there was a messaging that we were going to be out in Norfolk County, up by like hmm. Port Dover area, and and so a lot of people think that we're up in like Haldeman County area, but um, oh. we'll be in Niagara, and uh, there'll be some cool things up. So we'll, we'll be pretty probably making our announcement uh, of our location um, probably in another month or so. But yep. uh, yeah, we'll get that, and we'll get you. We'll get you down for a grand opening when we do that. Yeah. And awesome! Yeah, maybe, I'd love maybe, to be there. Even during construction period, that'd be that'd be fun. Yeah, oh yeah, good. absolutely. I'd love to. I'd love to be there and, and check it out. Uh, I love the beer, so I would imagine that the the building will will look pretty much uh, the same. But uh, other than that, thank you for for joining and uh, letting us chat about uh, your brewery and. Uh, Good luck to you and in, in everything that uh, comes your way. Thanks, Matt. Take it easy and thanks for taking the time to spend with us and, and our beer. Absolutely. All right. Cheers. So if you like that interview, make sure to check out their page, Dragon Brewing and Wine uh, on Instagram. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do a lot more stuff with them. I really enjoyed talking to Michael awesome guy and i think uh, their brewery is headed in the right direction Uh, i'm really excited to actually try the wine when it comes out and uh, make sure you follow dragon brewing and wine so let's dive into the beer portion of this episode the real reason why everyone tunes in this is definitely going to be the longest episode yet so uh, if you didn't see on instagram uh, or you didn't read the episode you're clicking on this is Porter. That's what we're talking today. Um, something different. We're not drinking a Pilsner uh, or an IPA or anything light. We're finally heading into a heavyweight. Today, for the first time on the show, we're tasting a Porter. But uh, no different than any other episode, of course. We're going to talk about the history. You know I can't uh, let you guys know about how I... Uh, feel about this porter if I can't tell you the history about the porter, right? When you're tasting, it's all about tasting the past and what you're tasting in front of you. At least for me it is. That probably sounded ridiculous to most of you, but uh, that's what that's what goes through my mind when tasting a beer. So, back in the early 18th century England, um, brewing was a less popular activity it was usually done at home or in a small pub brewery. Uh, the large brew houses had pretty much three types of beer. They had freshly brewed beer, aged beer, and strong beer. Now, oftentimes, 
the beer customers would ask for a mix of all three. And this was known as the three threads. So you know when you go as a kid, you went to the either um, the pop machine or you also probably did this with the slushy machine and you took your cup and you did every single type of flavor they had so you could combine it into one big concoction. That's what these people asked for with beer. Um, I can think of at least three beers that if I were to mix together, definitely don't go. Uh, I might be surprised at the taste. I knew I was always surprised as a kid, but I don't think I would enjoy that mixed beer. But uh, some say, um, but probably incorrect, uh, is that the Three Threads beer soon came to be known as Porter. Basically, breweries got tired of mixing and decided to make a beer with the same characteristics of Three Threads. And then they called it Porter. But according to All About Beer magazine, um, which is a magazine, if you don't, if you've never heard of it, it's a magazine. It doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately, as of last year um, or maybe two years ago. But uh, basically, they were the leading beer magazine in the industry. They had it all. Um, but according to them, it was more likely that uh, the brewery that brewed brown beer uh, basically perfected their craft uh, due to the competition. Uh, someone finally was like, okay, I need, I need to be the best brown ale out of, out of everybody. And due to that, um, the reinvented brown beer was Porter. Um, it was called Porter because the brew became extremely popular with the, the porters that carried goods all over the city. So shout out if you were ever a porter in your time, your ancestors were ever porter, have a have a porter to them. Now, the birth of porters comes at quite a revolutionary time. Yeah, it was the birth of industrialization and bigger and larger breweries were popping up all over the place. Lucky enough for Porter, this gave it the opportunity to spread like wildfire uh, and make it very accessible. Since it was popular, these big brewers were were brewing it like crazy. And that's that's interesting to think of the the taste profile comparison, you know, from now until then. You've got, I find, a lot of people who drink beer who put their nose up to stouts and porters. I must say that I'm not the biggest fan of them, um, although I do enjoy one, um, you know, one here or there, especially if it's uh, a cold winter's day. I find that a porter or stout, you go into a nice pub, Irish pub or English pub um, with some fish and chips or an Irish, uh, Irish stew, it goes down pretty good. So you have... A very niche amount of people who who like those beers nowadays. Obviously, there's probably a lot of craft beer snobs who are like, yes, 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 Porter and Stout, those are the best beers. Um, but there's very seldom few of those. Where back in the day, obviously, this was extremely popular, and people wanted it enough that large breweries. This was the main beer. Now we know from other episodes when talking about um, ales. Uh, and then the introduction of lagers, pilsners, IPAs, that kind of stuff. Ale was really the only option back then, right? It was the Germans who came up with the lagering. Um, obviously, I'm talking about England in, in this history lesson. And they were known for ales, brown beer, ales, ales, ales. It wasn't later on, and this is early 18th century, so lager was, was soon to, to come. But uh, that more or less wraps up 
the history lesson kind of for for porters there's a lot more to it if you want to do your own research but just as a little brief synopsis um you know something to impress people I mean the next time you order a porter uh, at the pub and everyone kind of gives you uh a weird look you can explain to them exactly how porter came to be and why it's named porter i think that'll impress a lot of people so let's dive in to the beer we are going to be tasting today and i'm pretty excited about this one it's another real close to home brewery so without further ado let me introduce to you clifford brewing company so we're doing the clifford porter today um before we dive into the beer uh, I'll give a little brief background on the brewery itself, and then we're going to talk about this this porter because it, it's quite uh, superior um, in in the category of of uh, awards goes. Um, but the Clifford Brewing Company it launched in 2015 uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. So, like I said, not far from where I'm at uh, by brewer Brad Clifford. He began brewing beer. Um, in the in the in the scene in 2009, and was first acknowledged as an award-winning home brewer before venturing into the big game of commercial brewing. So, for those home brewers out there, and even myself, this gives me a little bit of enthusiasm. It gives me a little bit of motivation. Maybe my beer could win an award. Definitely not the beer I just made because it's terrible, but. Uh, it gives me hope to try again and keep going. But after many years of commercial brewing, um, they then switched to contract brewing. And then Clifford Brewing opened up shop in Hamilton in their brand new spanking 10,000 square foot uh, production facility and tap room. Uh, that was in 2018. Um, and then along with their award-winning Clifford Porter and Pinball Wizard, several new beers were put into regular production uh, and of many are available only at the brewery. So you're going to want to make a trip out there and, and see it for yourself. I haven't been there, but uh, depending on how this porter goes, and my high, my hopes are high right now. Uh, after reading kind of what I just read uh, about the beer and its past and everything about the brewery and, and Brad's story, I'm pretty excited and fired up to try this beer. So depending on how it goes... Um, they seem pretty interactive on Instagram as I was saying this was the, the beer I was doing on this episode so that's awesome I love to see that uh, the porter itself um, it has won awards now gold medals I think one one silver um, I'd have to double check that let me see here oh yeah okay here we go the Clifford Porter, so Canadian Brewing Awards, won gold medal in 2014, 2016, and 2019, last year. So uh, that's pretty amazing. Gold, three gold medals. Um, then on the Ontario Brewing Awards, it won silver in 2015. Um, oh, no, sorry. Sorry, gold in 2015, and then silver in 16 and 17. So, again, a lot of medals year after year after year. And then also the U.S. Open Beer Championship. That's To me, that's really cool that it's even winning awards um, in a different country, international. Uh, a gold medal for the Porter in 2018 and a silver medal last year uh, for the Porter. So this is a very decorated beer. Um, my hopes are absolutely through the roof uh, i'm just going to read the stats 
and then we're going to dive in. We're going to do the pour. And uh, so we got an ABV of 5.9, um, 38 IBUs. And if it's a dark color, obviously, but we'll get to that when I actually pour it and, and see. But uh, some things to note, um, chocolate and coffee. So that's not a surprise. Uh, rich roasted malts. Then it says it has a nice aroma of fuggle hops. So I can't wait to, to try that because fuggle hops are also in, in my beer. So I know exactly what those smell like. Um, a signature beer of Brad Clifford, no doubt. Uh, Porter's won multiple awards is what it says on their website. Yep, we just went over that. That is without a doubt. I'm going to pour the, the, the beer here off mic and then we're going to dive right into it. All right, so we have the beer poured. Um, the looks of it, as I always do, I'll post a picture of it. But as you can expect, um, it's dark. It's got a nice, thick, creamy head um, at, at the smell. The smell hits you right in the face with that chocolate and coffee, exactly what they're talking about. Um, you, you can kind of smell the hops, uh, like an earthy hops, which is kind of what the fuggle smells like. But uh, that chocolate and coffee hits you right in the face. And my only concern is that the thing I don't like about coffee stouts and, and porters is that they're overpowering. And it almost tastes like you're drinking iced coffee. And I, I like coffee and I, I drink my coffee black. So for me, uh, the straight up coffee taste is not that big of a deal. But um, in beer... I don't know, something about the, the coldness and the, the thickness doesn't sit right with me. So I'm, I'm worried that it has that overpowering um, taste of coffee. It, it does smell, it smells like kind of like milk chocolate, in, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to give it a sip though. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Okay, this this is kind of just hit me in in some sort of different way. I've never. Wow, it's like super comforting almost. You drink it's like drinking a chocolate milkshake, except you don't. It's not thick. Obviously, like a milkshake that'd be disgusting. But it just when it goes down, it goes down smooth. Then it goes down warm. I mean, you get that taste of hops as they mentioned with thirty eight IBUs. Um, that's a good amount of hops for a porter. It's it's nice. You have that slight bitterness, but it matches the smoothness. Uh, I gotta give it another sip. Wow, I'm kind of blown away right now. Wow, I can't get over that. No wonder it won so many awards. That's actually incredible. This is an incredible beer. Hmm. The the head retention is just gorgeous going down the glass. Um, Gives you that that beer milk mustache. It's super savory. I could drink. Well, I wouldn't drink too many of these because it's not like it's crushable uh, in the sense, but it's super enjoyable. Like it's something that if you're having a steak dinner or um, a thick dinner that you, you would pair red wine with, I almost can see this just being kind of a like I'd almost go for this over the red wine if I was having some red meat or I'm trying to think of something vegetarian. Um, or or vegan that people would meet uh, eggplant or, or mushroom steaks. 
something earthy, something rich, this would pair beautifully with. I can't get over how good that is. Um, if you don't like porters, you don't like stouts, I'd recommend at least trying this one. Give this one a shot. If you don't like it, okay, you don't like it. But this is incredible. Like, absolutely incredible beer. Like, this score, I, th- I think, is going to be it's gonna be pretty high, I think. i got to have one more sip before I can give a final score. I'm worried that I'm going to go too high and that nothing is ever going to be able to compete with it. It almost it gets better and better. Like I feel like, I feel like this is Willy Wonka's chocolate shop just melted into a glass. Like I'm actually mind blown. I mean, wow. Okay, score. I got to think of a score. My mind is is elsewhere right now. I just want to keep drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. Okay, a score for Clifford Porter. Um, obviously a gold medal. Um, I don't think it's going to win any craft beer talk show instructed a craft beer choice of the year award based on that it's a porter. And I think if you gave this to somebody, this would be like, okay, this is exactly why I don't like craft beer. Um, so it's not going to be entered in that award, but it might potentially beat. Uh, I think though the winner right now is, is steam whistle, the steam whistle Pilsner a little bit biased. I understand, but I think it's sitting at a nine one, but this beer is ridiculously good. You know what? All right. Here's what I'm going to do. It can't beat my favorite beer, but it is going to tie it. Clifford Porter gets a 9.1 outstanding beer. I totally understand uh, why this has such high accolades. Uh, Try this beer out. If you're a lover of craft beer, yeah, try this beer out. If you don't like porters, try this beer out. No matter what, if you don't drink beer, try this beer out because it is phenomenal. Hopefully, um, the people at Clifford Brewing listen to this episode because I want them to hear how enthusiastic I am about drinking this beer. I'll have to contact them and tell them how much I loved it. Hands down, uh, the best porter, best dark beer I've ever had. Um, hats off to them. That's 9-1. This was episode 11. We made it to the hour mark for the first time ever, I believe, on the Craft Beer Talk Show. Um, next week... We have another crazy episode. Uh, I'm sticking on the routine of the no Pilsners, no um, IPAs, or no none of the classic stuff that we've done repetitively through the first 10 episodes. Um, I guess I can give you uh, a little tidbit. It's a beer that I don't actually care for. It's two beers. Two beers are going head-to-head in a style that I don't care for. Not the beers. I shouldn't, shouldn't knock the beers. Um, but it's a style I do not care for. So if you know me, you might already know what we're doing. Um, I'd love for you guys to try and guess what it is, uh, but I'll have that information for you midweek. Until then, thanks for tuning in. I'm sorry it took so long to get another episode. Uh, I don't plan on going any other uh, long vacations anytime soon, so you're stuck with me week in, week out, and we will uh, talk next Friday. Cheers.